Hi there, hockey fans. How are you today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, right here on 101.5 FM in Winnipeg. That's UMFM. You can podcast or stream us any old where you so desire on your mobile device. It's co-host Tom here with you. I've got, as always, co-host Jared. Uh, Jared, how are you doing today? Very good, Tommy. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm finally, I would say, over the sickness that I've had for the last two weeks, essentially. Uh, it was really hanging on there. But uh, yeah, no, moving onwards and upwards. So that's always good. <laughs> that, that is always good. It's been going around. The COVID is going around. So mm. uh, stay safe out there, folks. Yeah, get, uh, go get your shots. That's right. Yeah. It got yeah. me before I could get the shot. So now I'm now i'm you know six months uh away or whatever but uh away she goes um jared it's a very special episode it's uh season six episode nine yeah Uh, we're calling this one the the richard the maurice rocket richard um i say it's very special because number nine is an iconic hockey number it is there there have been a couple of guys have worn it maybe you heard of them we decided we'd go with Maurice Richard. In the past, we've done such number nine luminaries as Mike Medano, all-time American-born leading scorer, unless Patty Kane passed him. I can't remember. But uh, uh, we've also done Bernie Nichols, the most unassuming guy to ever get 70 goals. We haven't done Gordie Howe, the most iconic number nine, aside from Maurice Richard, I think. But I think that was just because, you know, we wanted to go a little under the radar. Mm-hmm. But with with Maurice Richard, I mean, that's not really going under the radar. But uh, also, sometimes you just got to give the people what they want. And folks, whether you know it or not, you probably want to listen to us talk about Maurice Richard a little bit. So, um, yeah, we didn't have an episode last week, uh, oh. but we're back. And I would say better than ever, Jared. So are you ready to bring it? <laughs> Well, now that you put it put it that way, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. gonna bring it. I got I got the skates laced up and uh, fresh tape job, and let's go. Okay, let's go. right on. Uh, so, I just uh, let's start off our Maurice Richard discussion. I I got the book out. You know the one, folks. It's the hockey sweater by uh, Roche Carrier, uh, the one with the illustrations by Sheldon Cohen, the iconic Canadian tale, the best. The you know I'm just gonna go there and say the best book ever written. It's one <laughs> but, of them. But uh, you know I just thought I mean there's so many there's so many like great parts of this book and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I just I just thought I would read one quick snippet 
you know mm-hmm. um my mother should i do it in my french accent i don't know oh, maybe i, oh, I, don't, well, think, I, don't, I don't know, know. i don't think i should okay i'll do i'll just do it in a in an uh in my regular voice <laughs> uh my mother had pulled the blue and white toronto maple leaf sweater over my head and put my arms into the sleeves she pulled the sweater down and carefully smoothed smoothed the maple leaf right in the middle of my chest i was crying i can't wear that why not the sweater is a perfect fit maurice richard would never wear it and he didn't ever wear it folks he only ever wore the sweater of the montreal canadians number nine on the back just like roche carrier and all his friends they all the blanc blue and rouge yeah they all wanted to be more we were 10 Maurice Richards moving across the ice in harmony or whatever it is. You know, the, um, we tape our stick like Maurice Richard. We did our hair like Maurice Richard. We knew all there was to know about Maurice Richard. So, folks, I mean, if you have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, look it up. Get educated. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Go, uh, go, go read the book and then also watch the NFB film. And oh, then, it's amazing. you know. And and if you've got young folks in your life, Christmas is coming up. If you do not have a copy of this book in your house, it makes yeah. stories. It makes story time fun. It I, does. I, I've read this one quite a few times. I still have our copy. It's in a box in the garage. Yeah. And, and uh, it's uh, it's a classic. It's a bonafide classic. Yeah, your kids are are older than mine, and uh, my little girl asked me recently. Out of nowhere, I didn't prompt her for this. She she brought me the our copy of the hockey sweater and said, "Daddy, will you read me the hockey book?" And I, I just you know, single you tear up, rolled down up. my cheek there. Like, of course I will. And I asked her. I said, "Do you want me to do it with the accent or no?" And she said, at first she said, yes, I did like two pages or one page. And then she's like, mm, do your regular voice. <laughs> I was like, okay. Even she but, does not like the French accent. Yeah, she, kn- well. she knows there's something up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Maurice Richard, it's so iconic um, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons other than hockey. But I mean, as a hockey player, he's just also so iconic. He's the first guy to ever do 50 goals in 50 games. He mm-hmm. reti- When he retired from the game, he was the all-time leading goal scorer. You know what I yep. mean? Like he, he, uh, <clears throat> what was it? 544 44. goals or something yep. like that. And yeah. Um, he had a, you know, he was a state funeral in Quebec when he died, um, in 1998. Mm-hmm. And I kind of remember that. Like I was, excuse me, I would have been in high school at that mm-hmm. time, but like, it was on like CBC, like, you know what I mean? Like they preempted all other, um, uh, broadcasts and and it was just like you know that that's what was on and I I, I do kind of remember that but um yeah he was uh you know from a different era and uh, but he was just such a intriguing hockey player that even you know kids growing up in the eighties and nineties we we knew you know like we knew the the legend of him I think maybe partly because of the book and the NFB film there was also a Canadian Heritage moment commercial where he's like moving a couch and he hurts his shoulder you know and it's kind of like the precipice of the the sort of incident with the richard riots or whatever so oh yeah yeah uh, i mean that that's a whole the the richard riot is a whole thing right like mm -hmm. it's 
it's it's an iconic uh iconic moment in Canadian history mm-hmm. and um there have been some who who said that this was the first time that the people of Quebec stood up for themselves uh and uh it, it's sort of the quiet revolution which began in the 60s towards English Canada uh, yeah so that was kind of like Quebec um trying to make as a sovereign sort of state of themselves you know like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they are like a unique and separate entity of Canada while still being Canadian or whatever the you know that's a that's a whole part of it's Canadian a, history right there for sure so yeah well and I mean he was the first guy to score 500 goals mm-hmm. uh, and uh obviously um you know you can tell from us talking about him he was a prolific goal scorer and uh since 1999 uh the Montreal when the Montreal Canadiens donated a trophy to the NHL uh the Rocket Richard trophy uh does uh get presented annually to the league's leading goal scorer uh and so yeah he's uh he's an absolute legend um mm-hmm. You talk about uh, that 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 one quote from uh, the hockey sweater. There, we all mm-hmm. combed our hair like Maurice Richard. Yeah. Iconic, right? Like last year, yeah. we did a Stan Makita Pe- episode, um, th- like Stan Makita times ten. And yeah, it's I don't like know. A, there's a pound of grease oh, in there. Well, <laughs> so I don't know if if it was airing when when uh, you were growing up, but did you get the Grecian formula? uh hair dye oh, yeah right I remember and, that. Yeah. And, and, and he was he, like the referee or something he was the referee right and he gives yeah. the guy he's like hey two minutes for looking so good <laughs> <laughs> just a, yeah, a, that's amazing, a great uh, yeah. amazing piece of uh canadiana um one third of one of the most famous lines of all time and we already did another guy on yeah. that line old time yeah. hockey toe blake eh? yeah, yeah. punchline with him and Elmer Locke. Uh, I wonder if anybody ever said, you know, and I, I mean, of course they did, but they said, oh, it's the punchline. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did. Now that you think of it, that's the, yeah. Uh, he did not play organized hockey until he was 14 years old. Uh, yeah. And once he started playing in organized leagues, he joined several teams and use uh, pseudonyms such as Maurice Rochon to circumvent hmm. rules that restricted players from only one playing for one team. Uh, in one league, he led his team to three consecutive championships. And during the 1938-39 season, he scored 133 of their 144 goals. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So... Uh, he that's, played, all, that's crazy yeah he um, played uh he played his junior in Verdun and uh was promoted uh to the Montreal Canadiens uh affiliate in the Quebec Senior League I think uh, back in those days Verdun was a different city than Montreal but I mean it's just part of Montreal now right correct it's, uh yeah it, you know it might even have its own local government uh that's a whole nother topic but um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. interesting you know he he almost went to world war ii like uh had it not been for a hockey injury where he uh had a broken ankle yeah. uh, he, he so he was deemed unfit for combat and uh you know you know cut 
out of the military, they were like, well, sorry, you're, you're all busted up here. You can't serve. And that, um, that broken ankle happened in his first like senior hockey league game in 1940. Mm. And, and let me tell you, broken ankle, it's no joke. <laughs> no, you joke. would you would know, yeah. Uh, would and know. and I also have been deemed unfit for combat, so, <laughs> so you got something in common with the <laughs> yeah. rocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me and Maurice Richard were, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for a long time, held uh, the record for most points uh, in a game uh, in uh, December twenty uh, eighth of nineteen forty four, and a nine one victory over the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he had five goals and three assists, uh, and uh, it was uh, stood for 32 years until it was broken in 76 by Daryl Sittler in his uh, famous 10-point game. Uh, one of the things that I, I mean, obviously never saw him play, uh, but uh, hearing tales of the Rocket from my both my uh, father and my grandfather was that as prolific as he was uh, offensively, he had a real... Uh, feisty streak about him oh he, he was tenacious yeah that's <laughs> certainly did. something that yeah. uh yeah like I, you know also never having seen him play or whatever but that's mm-hmm. that's like a known fact that you like learn like i wonder who you could compare him to in Modern sort of our times? lifetimes yeah like uh oh, you know yeah. somebody who's like really good offensively but just also a pain in the behind, you know, but uh, either way, we'll think on that one. We'll think on yeah. that because I think we got to cut to a break now. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to toss to a song. We got, <clears throat> we got a trio of songs for you today. Uh, not really related on any theme, no. um, but I think the first one we're going to play, uh, I don't know. Did we decide an order? Of no, these? but, but now that, you know, like we just talked about it, I think we should go with the, uh, with the ZZ Top song, yeah, because uh, he yeah. was he was bad and he was nationwide. He was, yeah, exactly. So yeah. here we go, ZZ Top on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. I'm bad. I'm nationwide. Nationwide 
All right. That was I'm Bad, I'm Nationwide by ZZ Top. That song's going out to The Rocket, Maurice Richard. Before we threw to the song, we kind of wondered aloud what current or, you know, player would would be comparable to uh, Maurice Richard. Somebody, you know, with some good offensive instinct and abilities, as well as tenacious, uh, feisty, and so we thought uh, thought about it for a bit on, over the break there, and I'm going to say JT Miller. I mean, JT Miller's a guy who plays with his heart on his sleeve. He's uh, he he can put the biscuit in the basket, and uh, yeah, that's I think that's going to be my answer. I would concur. Yeah, it's, okay. that that's a good one. I mean, you know, we talked about uh, Brad Marchand. But I think, you know, you think about him just because he's kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean. But he, you mentioned maybe one of the Kachuk brothers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, somebody somebody who's got a bit of, bit of an edge to him. Yeah. I would, I yeah. would say, you know, like Matthew Kachuk, who they played against, uh, the Jets played against the other night in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. He's he's kind of a red ass. He's he's yeah. kind of a guy that that you know if you kind of tick him off, he might hit you in the back of the head with a stick. And yeah, yeah. So oh, I mean, before so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Talking Hockey, the, the Hockey Talking Show. I'm co-host Tom. I got co-host Jared with me. Uh, we're going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets a bit now in our second uh, segment here. Um, you know, it's the it's the Jets. But before we get into the Jets. You mentioned about hitting the head with a stick. Did you see the Jacob Truba slash to the head of Trent Frederick of the Boston Bruins on the weekend. Uh, hard to tell on the replays. I didn't watch the game or anything, but hard, you know, you see clips on the internet and everything on the internet. You, you never know what to make of stuff because it's often out of context, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like he gave him a good whack on the head with that stick. Hard to tell if it was super intentional, though. Uh, mm-hmm. He might have been kind of going for, you know, the arm was going back, got, you know, knocked backwards. Hard to say exactly. You slow it down. You look at it 10 different angles. It's like, oh, you know, he smacked him pretty good in the head. And he did. Uh, not going to lie. So he got fined. He got fined for it. The max allowable, which is $5,000, which for a guy like Jacob Truba, that's a night on the town. So, um, you know. It is what it is, but again, it's like NHL Department of Player Safety. It's like uh, your guess is as good as mine. What's going to happen anytime there's an incident? Um, and Matthew Kachuk, he's been around incidences before, and the Jets just laid a thumping, if you want to call it that, on the weekend uh, over the Florida Panthers, three nothing. Mm-hmm. That was their fifth consecutive win. Mm-hmm. Um, They, on Sunday night at the time of recording, are playing the Nashville Predators. And uh, at at this point, you know, with four minutes left in the game, they're they're losing 3-2. So um, that five-game win streak may come to an end. Uh, We'll see. But... um, That's been on a roll, man. They've been on a roll. Exactly. They started the season 1-3-1. And and since then, they've just been reeling off wins. To the tune of, uh, I don't know, like what's their their record they're, is in the last ten. They're they're eight two and zero oh in their yeah. last ten. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say not including Sunday night versus Nashville. Correct. Uh, big asterisk there. Uh, six three and one at home. Six two and one on the road. So near near identical home and away. 
uh, and uh, they've got a plus 13 goal differential. And yeah, I, I think that's one of the best parts is that yeah. offensively they've been going and the scoring has been spread out. Defensively, they've been pretty all right. Um, Connor Hellebuck, I mean, he's been back to Vesnabuck form in the last, you know, several outings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that game mm-hmm. against Florida, you just, you could tell early on. I said it to myself because, you know, I'm not superstitious, Jared, but I am a little bit stitious. I mm-hmm. said it to myself. I didn't say it out loud. I said, nothing's getting by Hellebuck tonight. He's pitching a shutout. And, you know, sure enough, he did. Mm-hmm. But he looked primo, right? Yeah. And and so that that goals for uh minus the, the goal differential is that's a nice one. Yeah. Well, and like you said, scoring's been spread out. They've got 10 players uh thus far uh with uh, double digit points. Uh and uh you know, Kyle Connor uh leads leads the team uh 22 points, 14 goals, eight assists. Uh, he is a minus six. We'd like to see it, you know, sort of clean things up in your own end there, uh, KFC, but that line, I mean, I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to lie. What are you going to do? <laughs> terrible defensively. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm not going to harp. I'm not going to like hang on them for Mm-mm. it because they do put the puck in the net at the other end. Yeah, man. You know, and it's, it is what it is. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. But, but but him and Shifley, I think, are the only minus players on the team, I think. I think you are correct. No, Rasmus Kupari, who is also currently mm, he's, he's currently the... he's currently on the DL. But yeah. the thing is, if you uh asked us before the season, uh would you take uh after twenty games the Jets tied with Dallas? Two points back of Colorado in terms of leading the Central. Heck yeah, you would. Yep, 12, absolutely. 12, 12, All day. 12, 5, and 2. And they've done it for the most part without uh, Gabe Velarde, who got yep. hurt in, what, the first game of the year? Second game of the I year? I believe it was the second. Um, third. Third game of the year. It was the third game, yes. It was the it was against LA, his old team. Yeah, yeah. In a cruel twist of fate. You yeah. know, uh, he's supposed to be back any time now. There was a chance he was going to play on Sunday. Yep. Obviously, he did not. But, uh, you currently, know. Uh, currently with the team on the road. So Yeah, it would be nice uh, to see him get back in the lineup. There's been talk about, you know, where does he fit in the lineup once he gets back? Just because, you know, when the team is playing well, you don't want to disrupt the chemistry too much. But up. in my opinion, he just goes right back onto line one. Yeah. And then maybe you throw a follow on line two and Namastankov down to, I, I can't say his name right, Namestnikov down to line four. Yeah. And then. Oh, I've know. liked him on the third line. No, I'm a big fan of his game. Namestnikov? Stinky, Stinky man. I, I like him. But you can't put him on the third line. That third line of Niederreiter or, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lowry and Sorry, he's been playing Apples. He's not, they're not breaking that up. He's of any line, I think line. that's the one you don't want to mess with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Moving moving down to four. I really like that guy, though. Uh, and, then, and then that would that would enable, I think, the coach to play line four a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Their ice time since Kapari went out has gone down a little. You know, you got uh, Axel Man Rocket in there, AJF. He's, he's come in and, like, 
you know, in a, a lot of ways, he's very similar player to Rasmus Kapari, but I think Kapari might be a little more well-rounded. I don't know. Neither can score. Neither can, neither has any offense to their game. Both, it seems both like. are really fast. Yeah. They're both very, very fast skaters. Morgan Barron though, and Gustafson I've liked what I've seen yep. from them, but yeah, they're hovering around the 10 minute mark a game. Uh, you know, and that's fine. I wouldn't mind seeing it consistently at 10 because there's games where they only get eight or whatever. But some of that might be special teams, right? Because um, that, that definitely will influence ice times. Um, but uh, I, I, w- I want to. Um, so on the show, going back a couple years, uh, former co-host Randy and I would do a segment called Wearing the Pants. And uh-huh. And it was kind of like, you know, you put on at the time Paul Maurice's pants or Shevel Dayoff's pants and you you walk a mile in his pants. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so I kind of want to hearken back to that for a second and ask you a question here, Jared. So mm-hmm. would you mind putting on Coach Arneal slash bonuses uh, pants uh, for a moment? Just just uh, give you a second to change into them. OK, yeah, no, looking yeah. pretty good. Nice slacks. Um, you've got. Uh, you've got defenseman Nate Schmidt on your roster, who is a guy who I think amongst Jets fans, like relatively polarizing, very um, polarizing in that, um, he, he commands, uh, a large salary, mm-hmm. uh, six something million, five, uh, 5.95 million dollars this okay. year. He, he, uh, accounts for 7.1% of the Winnipeg Jets team cap space. And yeah, wild. Seems like a huge number for your essentially like what bottom pairing defenseman. Yeah. Um you know, it depends what night it is and who he's lined up with. Typically he's been playing with Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And Dylan Sandberg's kind of, you know, the opposite in that he's making, you know, a million bucks or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um Nate Schmidt, you know, like for all of his detractors, because to the eye test, you know, you watch him, uh, you're like, wow, so slow and uh, holy coughs the puck up a lot or not even coughs it up a lot. It's more just that he'll make to my eye poor decisions with the puck. Mm -hmm. uh, And so he'll just kind of throw a pass out there. Nobody's home, you know, and then but he'll to his credit. He doesn't necessarily do that in the defensive zone. It's when he's pushing and trying to create offense that he does, that he'll do that, that I I notice. Defensively, he's kind of been pretty decent. Like a lot of the advanced analytics metrics, whatever, Mm -hmm. are suggesting that, you know what, like Schmidt is playing very good hockey right now, like defensively and, and all that. And, um, you know, he's a guy who's he doesn't show up on the scoreboard anymore. Like he's he re- like occasionally he'll get an accidental assist or something, um, you know. But the other night against Florida, mm-hmm. he skated, I think, probably a season high 21 minutes, 13 seconds. That was the third most ice time on the team mm-hmm. behind Morrissey and. I uh, forget now, but I want to say connor mm-hmm. um and that surprised me quite a bit i was like 
And then you go back through his most five recent games. His ice time dips as low as 1340 mm-hmm. versus New Jersey. But he was, you know, at almost 20 minutes against Dallas and 18 minutes. And, you know, it's kind of all over the place. Well, so on the season, he's averaging 17 uh, minutes and six seconds, uh, mm. which puts him almost a full two minutes ahead of his normal D partner, uh, Dylan Sandberg. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Jets defensemen, uh, obviously he's behind. Uh, he's behind Morrissey, he's behind Pionk, he's behind DeMello, and he's behind Dylan. You're, mm-hmm. you're sort of your top four mm-hmm. guys. Um, so, Mike, my, my question to you, if you're wearing the coach's pants. Right. Well, what kind of pants are they? Like, Because, um, you know, Scott O'Neill and Rick Bonus come from two different eras, and mm. I, I think that, you know, uh, bonus, well, let's bonus. say you're wearing bonuses slacks. You know, you're yeah. at the men's department of the Bay, San yeah. Patel, and you found yeah. yourself a really nice pair of slacks on sale sure. for Bay Days. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you're wearing bonuses pants. <clears throat> what what is it about Nate Schmidt that you keep putting them out there for? Uh, OK, so I've been thinking about this since you posed you posed this idea to me uh, via text the other day. And I, too, was surprised to see him out on the ice as much as he was against Florida. I think that uh, it's it's two things. I think that if you were to ask uh, a Jets, Jets team to a man who their favorite guy in that locker room is, it's Nate Schmidt. One hundred percent, and you yeah. and you hear you hear that that oh he you know he's a great locker room guy he's a great every time they put out a promo video or they interview the players behind the scenes the first guy that always gets talked to is Nate Schmidt he's an upbeat guy he's a happy guy he seems to love what he does mm-hmm. right he doesn't he doesn't seem to i mean obviously um you know we don't see him after a after a 5-1 loss or something <laughs> but uh the thing is i bet you if we did see him after a 5-1 loss he'd find a way to make things positive right like you see some some nhl players they talk you talk to them when the chips are a bit down and you can like, it's like somebody just, just kick their dog or something. Yeah. Right? Go, go back a week and look at Connor McDavid or whatever. The Oilers oh. lose a few games in a row and the world's crumbling according yeah. to. Sure. Sure. The media. Uh, now the, the other thing is if Nate Schmidt wasn't making $6 million a year, yeah, if he's Let's making say, Sandberg money or something. Well, okay, so Sam Sandberg's making one point four, but let's say Nate Schmidt's making Dylan Demello money, so it's three million bucks. Mm-hmm. Are people on Nate on Nate Schmidt's case? I don't yeah, think pro- so. Probably not, or at least certainly not as much. No, and um, because I think that when you when you watch Schmidt, he he plays a steady. He's he has played a steady game this year yeah. and 
I know he's not razzle dazzle. His skating has fallen off a cliff. But I mean, you look, kind of look at uh, uh, Brendan Dillon, a guy who Jets fans love. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, he's slow as an ox out there as well. And um, I think I think Dillon's been awesome this year too. Yeah, so. yeah. He's got and, four goals. You know, I mean, it's, well, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not like. <clears throat> not everybody can skate like Josh Morrissey, right? Like, and that's just kind of the way it is. And it takes all types for a a hockey team to kind of be successful. And so you you can't all have, it's like uh, that Nintendo game. You had the short fat guy, the medium guy and the tall (laughs) skinny guy. The little skinny guy that twirls around. You can't, you can't have your whole squad being all one of those. You got to have a little bit of everything. So. Sure. Um, Um, My, my other thing with Nate Schmidt, right. Is mm -hmm. Sandberg. Last year, he's a rookie. I think that he kind of played better than folks expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so coming into a very, very um, big year two. And I think that a guy like Nate Schmidt is a perfect partner for him because he's he's very much a steady Eddie type guy, right? He doesn't, he doesn't hang his partner out to dry a lot. Yeah. He doesn't put him in a bad spot. Um, yeah. Again, I think that that Schmidt is so polarizing for Jets fans because he uh, he is the what fourth highest paid player on the team. Yeah. Well, yeah, now... I think probably con- contractually is the really the only reason why he gets the heat he does. One, um, one, two, three. He's the fifth highest player on the team. So here's here's a bit of a interesting theoretical question for you then because. You know, uh, right now, uh, no way that I would take Schmidt out in favor of Dylan or uh, sorry, Logan Stanley, you no. know, and that that has happened a couple games where they give Schmidt the night off and, sta- you know, the Stanimal, big Stan comes in and um, yeah, Stanley, whatever. Uh, but here's a theoretical question for you in training camp and in preseason, uh, young Vili Hainola. Mm-hmm. Um, was impressive, mm-hmm. you know, to say the least. It really looked like he was gonna sort of grab that sixth spot on the D core roster and run with it. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt, broke the mm-hmm. leg, ankle, whatever it was. And um, <clears throat> so he's been on the shelf. But at some point this season, he's coming back after Christmas or after i don't know all-star break somewhere in the dead of winter we're gonna see billy hanola back at that point you know obviously play dictates everything but like when when he's ready to go who who comes out is it is it by default schmidt or do you think maybe yeah i've been thinking about this as well i think that depending on how how things go, obviously. But if, let's say, in a hypothetical world, the Jets kind of continue on a similar trajectory for the rest of the season and they uh, perform above expectations, I don't think you rush Billy Hanala back. I think you you treat Billy Hanala in the same way that, um, and obviously not the same player, but... Uh, Vegas did with Mark Stone last year or uh, Tampa did with Kucherov, right? You bring him back for the playoffs when the rosters expand, right? Mm. And he's kind of like 
he's a deadline addition type player yeah who you don't have to pick up at the deadline um the question for me is let's say the jets keep keep rolling and they need to uh, or they get the opportunity to to shore the roster up right and they're they're playing with house money this year and all of a sudden hey we're a contender and we've got a shot and we can go out there and we can pick up some decent players. But in order to do that, we have to move money out. Mm. Nate Schmidt's a guy that that contract he's here for this year and he's here for next year. That's money that if the team's not playing well, it's a no brainer. You move them out. But yep. how disruptive to the dressing room is it? If you're when moving you got out, a winning thing going on and you're like, the boys You're are feeling it. it and you got, you know, like you mentioned off the top of the segment, uh, Schmidt is a guy who the team, they love him. Right. So, so if you, if you're, if you're a winning team and you, you get rid of that guy. Yeah. Probably a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Even if you bring in somebody who's, you know, quote unquote, a better player. Uh, right. uh it's a tough call. It's a tough call. And, uh, that's, we'd that's... have to, we, we'd have to put on Chevy's pants for that one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I can fit into Chevy's pants right now. So, <laughs> well, but it's some some to monitor, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. And we w- and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will monitor it. We're gonna we're gonna go to another break here. We got another song for you. This one's by a local band called Death Cassette. They got a brand new uh, EP out that stands for Extended Play. Even though EPs are shorter than LPs, Jared. Yeah. Um, well, LPs never understood that one. But to, yeah, they do. Yeah. But I mean, you think of sense. extended as being longer than long. Yeah, it's extended. I don't know. Anyway, what's the name of this song, Jared? And uh, yeah, uh, it is called Reflector. And mm. uh, as you said, it's by a great local uh, punk band called Death Cassette. Uh, the EP is called Get Rid of It. And uh, you can pick it up on Bandcamp or at finer local record retailers everywhere. Uh, and they've got some really nice merch going on. So there you go. Right go on. Pick it up. Nice. Here's Death Cassette on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show.
That was Reflector by Death Cassette, a Winnipeg band. Uh, and this is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. Uh, co-host Tom here with you. I got co-host Jared and uh, Jared. We're just going to, I just wanted to, <clears throat> I don't know if this is a humble brag. It's not really a brag for a hockey show, um, mm-hmm. but for a, like a weather, uh, for it's a humble brag directed at people who always call Winnipeg Winterpeg uh-huh. and who, and who always I give hate us a, that, by and the they way. give us a, they give us a hard time because of, uh, you know, our climate if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, it's no walk in the park, but uh, it's a little overdone with how outsiders think of Winnipeg. But here's here's what I'm trying to say is that Toronto, I learned this via Instagram. I've got friends who live in the big smoke, Hogtown, Toronto. And my buddy, uh, John McKenzie, uh, listener John in Toronto, Ontario, he uh, posted a video on Instagram of playing hockey at the ODR today. And he said, ODR season, baby, or something like that. And I thought, holy smokes, this must be the first time in recorded history that an outdoor rink has ever opened in Toronto before there's any open in Winnipeg. Because, Jared, I don't think that there are any ODRs open in Winnipeg yet. There is not. Yeah. To the best, to best, best of my knowledge, I mean. Yeah. Whatever, uh, that, whatever that means. But, you yeah, know. maybe somebody's got one going in the backyard. But like it's barely been cold enough, and certainly during the daytime, no, it's it would turn it to slush lately. Mm-hmm. You know, in the last couple of days here, we've had a temperature drop where I think maybe we're getting into ODR season uh, making season. Mm-hmm. But it's been, yeah, it's, uh, the Riverview Community Center, which is often the very first one in the city or amongst the first in the city to get their ice in. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing to speak of there yet. So, uh, well, and so walking around, walking around my, uh, walking around my neighborhood here, uh, in, in Riverview. Um, so when we had that first snowfall back in, that was before Halloween. I mean, we had, we got an early blast, but there was late uh, October, late October. Um, there were folks who already had their, uh, little uh, front yard yes. uh tarped uh, set up and ready to go and they were flooding and and then it turned to soup yeah. and it was a sad state of affairs and um I'm sure they're all happy because they can once again commence what they thought that they were commencing about a month ago um yeah. well and you want to get that in before you get a pile of snow right so i mean yep. that's kind of smart on their part that uh that they did that i suppose but i'm no rink maker i i don't know i know you know my uh, friend of the show uh andrew listener andrew in garden city he he's got a backyard rink that he puts in and you know he's got it this is his whatever fifth year of doing it he's got it down now where he knows what he's doing right he accounts mm-hmm. for the slope in his yard and all the rest of it and, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it's a it's a it's an art form and i think the more you do it you learn something every year so um but yeah maybe the first time i can ever ever remember hearing about toronto having a colder uh winter so far than winnipeg has and it is an el nino year yes which according to the one weather map i looked at says that western canada will be you know 
these are air quotes I'm using here, folks, warmer than, you know, normal. Yeah. So I've also maybe, heard that, you know, I really do hope, though, that it we get a consistently cold enough temperature for outdoor rinks and the river trail, because if we do and you got great ice on there, but it's not minus 40 out, you know, maybe it's a minus 15. Oh, buddy, that's going to be great. Well, and so it's interesting you mentioned the river trail. Uh, I was driving this morning uh, to uh, my son's soccer game in uh, out in the Garden City area, actually. And uh, we were driving uh, down uh, down uh, Donald and went across the Donald Bridge and. You can uh, see the ice forming. Yeah. Yeah, we saw I saw the same thing today and uh yeah, we looked out the window and we're like, oh baby, here here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that was uh, Sunday was a cold one in Winnipeg, and so if that's a sign of things to come, winter is is on its way, and you know, that second fall we had is pretty much done, I would say. But hey, say. it's basically December. So I mean this is I've lived here a decade and this is kinda by far the latest that we've gone that we ha- haven't had an outdoor rink to skate on yet. Usually early November, there's something. So, <clears throat> well, um, and I, I kind of think that um, December 15th is kind of the benchmark where I'm expecting uh, ODRs to open, be opening here in the city. If uh, all things sort of considered. So that's about three weeks, right? So yeah. I think, uh, I'll, I bet you it'll be even sooner than that, but that's a good, if it goes any later than that, somebody call 911. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, don't call 911. I'll, I'll uh, DM us or instant. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you Tom's phone number. and you We'll can- call the mayor. Yes. That's what we do. Yeah, well, we know, uh, we know the premier. We can, yeah, we can there call you go. him. We'll, yeah. we'll go right to the top. We'll skip yeah. the mayor. We'll go to the premier. The Wab, uh What's going on with the ODRs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a yeah. feeling he'll say it's out of his hands, but uh, you know, <laughs> let's Jared. Uh, let's transition a little bit to a league that Wob used to play in. Uh, maybe he'll uh, get back into it, blow off a little steam, uh, as I'm sure a politician, a premier, would need to do every now and then. But we're talking Garage League here, so yeah, yeah, our premier played Garage League. That's right, folks. But uh, currently doesn't so. You know, um, busy guy, busy guy. I guess we can uh, we can excuse him. But, you know, who does play Garage League? This guy and that guy. Yeah. Uh, we both do. And you know what? We like to report on it here on the show because uh, I know that you guys are th- hungry for it. Right. You, you, you need to know. So what happened in week nine, Jared? Couple of five, two games. Yeah. Yeah. And uh uh, this you know. this after we were saying, I think last week, well, we didn't have a show last week, but the week before we were saying, you know, there's been tight games, like every goal is a one goal game. Well, yeah. this week, a couple of blowouts. Yeah, well, by our league standards. Uh, yeah. So uh, on Thursday, uh, we went down uh, to the team that uh, you had previously mentioned as uh, our, our, our biggest rival, the one that we had been uh, sort of generating a little bit of heat with. Uh, the spare parts, uh, we lost 5-2 uh, on Thursday. And uh, again, 
a bit of a a bit of a heated affair um uh, you know well I, like it was i don't think it was heated per se but i think that um <clears throat> our goaltender we had a substitute goaltender and our goaltender felt a little bit trespassed upon a couple times you know the blue paint uh there was one a couple guys his, his house you know there were people knocking on his door and <laughs> that team definitely plays that kind of way and I know in our room afterwards, there was a little talk about a little stick work, a little tripping, hooking, clutching, and grabbing. That's the way she goes. And on on a lot of nights, some nights, we're right there giving it back. 100%. Yeah. Oh, the winter clubs. But, but on winter Thursday, on, are, are no choir boys. I mean, no, you know. Exactly. Right? We're no choir boys. And, uh, but Thursday night, uh, we didn't have the magic. And I'll tell you the the spare parts. League leading scorer Dustin Carson. Um, well, he, he seems, put on a show. He seems yeah, to he have had, the magic. He had four four of the five goals. One of which was a shorty. Mm-hmm. The other was an empty netter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean he's lighting it up, and the spare parts are rolling. They're the hottest team in the league, and uh, yeah, so that was Thursday, and then Saturday night. Unfortunately, we can't speak to the, um, you know, the. Uh, we can't really speak to anything other than the result that we were. Right, sent. we can't speak to the content of the game, yeah. as uh, neither of us were able to make it down to the rink. We did have plans to do it, life, you know. Um, but it was it was also a five-two final, and this was the bust twines beaten up on Le Mutin Malade, and uh, <clears throat> that's two last in a row time- for Busta. Yeah, and yeah, and last time we saw Mitema Lad, they had you know six subs, uh, wasn't really their team, if you will. Uh, to, uh, Saturday night it was right. It was there was the boys were there and uh, Busta Twines, you know they they, I think they're just hungry. They're turning it around. Uh, they they were it looked like they were going. They had their big guns going. Lambo was flying. It looks like, and so was Ross and. You know, so they they were uh, they were showing up, and so you know if you look at the standings right now, Jared, um, Busta been a bit of, been a bit of movement. There has been Busta still, um, you know, in fourth. However, they've closed the gap considerably, mm-hmm. um, and uh, our our Winter Club seals uh, we're we're holding down that third place spot, and then uh, but but the top. Uh, top spot, you've got spare parts and Mitamalad both tied with 16 points, uh, based on the way that you, you know, sort standings. <laughs> uh, it is the spare parts who kind of have the first place seed at this juncture. Um, mm-hmm. although we should mention that, uh, both the spare parts and bust twines, uh, do have a game in hand on uh our winter club seals and uh lays mitts so i think you got that backwards we have a game in hand on them yes correct they yeah. played they played nine we played eight yes that's how that works Basic yeah had math. the bye week but that'll catch up soon enough so yeah uh and so i would say uh good listener uh that if you ever wanted to uh get down and check out some garage league action this saturday night do I have a deal for you? I'm yes. only going to offer this to you twice a year, folks. Uh, it's it's <laughs> double header nights in the Garage League. 
uh, two games for the price of one, uh, and uh, and one game price, doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, December second. Uh, and after the game, come mingle with uh, the, all the, all your favorite players. All, the the entire league essentially yeah, will uh, be there. Co-host, uh, co-host Tom's going to have an autograph booth set up. You can yeah, come, you yeah, can meet yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, quarter to nine. Uh, spare parts, busted twines, and then at uh, ten o'clock, uh, Les Mitam Lad and the Winter Club Seals, uh, double header night. Yep. And then uh, followed yeah. by a booze and schmooze. <laughs> yes. So yes. should be a good time. Yeah. Um, definitely looking forward to it. We got to get going here. We're yeah. uh, we're out of time. We're gonna go out on uh, both y- you and I, uh, yours and mine. I don't know. One yeah. of our favorite bands locally. Yeah. Uh, this is a band called Agassi. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love them for several reasons. One is just like their geography influences. Like they've always got, you know, th- they're about to release their fourth album slash EP. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it's Pulse One D. They they have, have they've had Pulse One A, B, C, and D. Uh, and and the cover of each album or EP is like. Uh, a satellite image or an aerial fo- photograph or like something of something geographical. It's really neat. And a river Delta often, I think a couple of times it's been a river Delta, um, a glacier. Um, yeah. So um, Agassiz, if you didn't know, is uh, an, uh, it used to be an inland sea in this mm-hmm. part of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're talking millions of years ago. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this band, we're not talking geography here, folks. We're talking about the band. And also I'm blabbering. We gotta wrap it up. Uh Beave, aka um David Gillis. David Gillis, thank you. My brain just farted. But so uh he played in the Garage League. He's not this year. I wish he was. Um, but he's playing in the Garage League. Maybe this is why. Yeah. Well, he, you know he's working on this. Uh yeah. and also I will shout out uh drummer uh Derek Hogue. Uh, is the the fine uh, gentleman behind the umfm.com website. Uh, nice. he, he is a heck of a web designer, uh, a heck of a good guy, uh, super easy to deal with. And uh, you would not be able to download the Talking Hockey podcast without his ingenuity. So shout out to him yeah. as well. And Ryan Nash, I think, was an original Crest of Steel player. Oh, well, so there, you, there go. you go. Uh but when I joined the team, he was not on it anymore. I think I probably got his roster spot. So, um, uh, but Agassi, the brand new uh, EP coming out. This is the first song off it, Ursat's Memory, right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Thanks for tuning in and uh, keep your stick on the ice. We'll see you next time.